Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Heyo! Welcome to Cinematics, episode 137. I'm Anderson. I blather about films here and there. That's Greg Sozavosti. He's a Broadcast Film Critics Association member, a BFCA member. And today we're going to be talking about all the movies on the horizon for August 2021. Uh, oh, and there's a lot of them. As well as a few of the uh, highlights from uh, July, August 20. I mean, July 2021. I already misspoke, Greg. Do you, wait, wait. First of all, do you have a. How do you keep track of the movie? Do you still have that notebook where you keep track of all those oh, movies yeah, yeah. you see? Okay. And then I keep notes in, on my phone. So. Oh, I should do that. I, I just. I see so Dude, many. Movies. I, I can see you as letterbox guy. No, you actually write reviews that get published. Once in a while, once in a while. Okay, so you do a lot of stuff. What have you been? I talk about you... I talk about movies, Greg. I, I think about movies. I talk about them. I write stuff. I I, I learn about financing uh, over on I got a movie to make. Uh, which last week, uh, apologies for those of you who heard it uh, last week, where I was all like a bummer. I was a bummer guy, and I felt so. I had yeah. so many mixed feelings about releasing and like, a, oh, I'm sad on a Friday. And, you know, people supporting me and interested in like, you know, how the journey's going to making a movie. And then they, they, their weekend's about to begin and they listen to Anderson going, I'm having sad times. But at the same time, uh, I, I think that it's important that we admit when we're having a little difficult time just to, to yeah. let other, if nothing else, just to let other people know that they're not the only ones. And what's weird when you're depressed, Greg, yeah. is you know it's going to get better. It's kind of like having a cold. Like, you know it's going to get better. You know you're not going to have that yeah. cold forever, but you can't imagine. It's so weird. You can't imagine. You can't put yourself in a, right. in a mind frame where, where you're, you don't have a runny nose anymore or you're not, you know, the, the, the depression, which I never even used the word on I Got a Movie to Make, but it's... It's so wily, and it it tricks you into believing that you're never going to have any kind of fervor or interest or happiness in anything ever again. Well, see, I flipped the script. I just know that's going to happen. I'm never going to have any happiness or, or fervor for anything. So I'm just normal. So you're just I'm always just, depressed. No, see, I'm not. I'm not depressed. Mm-hmm. I'm just depressing. Mm. So I, I, I inflict Greg, you my are depression. not depressing <laughs> at all. Every I cut time a wide I see swath it, for I get, I get a little shot of endorphins every time I see you. You're one of those <laughs> Thank guys. You, sir. Thank you, sir. So, hey, do we want to do the random number generator yes. right off the top? Folks, this is the random ge- number generator. where we're, we're covering the years 1940 to 1989, but not technically because we've already covered about maybe about 52% of the movies. So our goal for our Patreon is to actually cover... All of these years. So, you know, personally, I love the, the movies from the 1940s and the 1950s. Anderson personally enjoys the films from the 70s and 80s, per se. Even though I grew up in the 80s, I'm more of a 40s and 50s guy. So, But the thing, what's, what's weird now is since we've covered over half of the movies, the, these random generators, they, they can't really, most of the times, these numbers will, will, will well, land on. Well, might repeat. Yeah, is is the problem is what Greg's getting at. But we, I'm, I'm sure if you listen to this feed, you've heard us uh, wax on about how we celebrate each year that we land on, and we spend uh, the better part of a few weeks reading about uh, the movies we're going to cover, and and then uh, when we get to the show, I actually talk about all the birthdays that came out of that year, uh, uh, famous Hollywood stars that uh, were born in that year. It gives you a good idea of like some of it's kind of enlightening it's like I can't believe that that person is the same age as that person uh, we also talk about the Academy Awards the highest grossing movies we revisit dark spots otherwise dark spots in my movie knowledge anyways because I'm not real great like mid 80s and before yeah 
uh, decent of the 70s, but like 60s, 50s, 40s, it really starts to get muddled for me. I think last month was our best month because we reviewed the Kevin Reynolds film, The Beast, and that was something. I'm Anderson, you've talked about it a lot on TFV, and we've talked a lot about it on the Patreon. That was a huge I one of our I talked about best. it on, on, on After Disaster. I talk about that movie every <laughs> I, Can I tell you? That that Are you is, Kevin Reynolds' uh, PR assistant or something? The best movie I have never heard of. It is the best movie, the best old new movie I've seen so in the last 20 years. No one knows this movie. No one knows yeah. The Beast. And yeah. it's available on Prime. And uh, even if you're not a, a, a Patreon member over here uh, for Cinematics, uh, here's a tip. Watch The Beast. Yes. It is. And I can't say it across the board because you're very squeamish. There is some real violence in there. there it's a war sure. movie. and. Uh, it does get a little dark. And if you if you don't if you don't like black if you only like black and white narratives where you know there's a good guy there's a bad guy there's a, a positive outcome situation this might be something that might throw you a little bit off. This is one of those movies, and it happens ever so often, uh, where it gets buried. This might be the most buried movie, most buried great movie I've ever uh, discovered. So and thank you so much, Craig, for picking that. <laughs> right. That was I picked a cry in the dark. A dingo ate my baby. <laughs> she never even says that. She says a dingo took my baby. But uh, thank God we had uh, the beast or the beast of wars, as it became known. But uh, it was eighteen million dollar budget. And came out in 1988, and it made it grossed 110 thousand oh, dollars. It so was horrible, completely that's... buried. What and... would happen if you if you made a movie? Okay, I'll do respect to Groupers. You made a movie like The Beast, mm. and it had a and it only made 110 thousand dollars. And you know it's an amazing film. Could you rebound off something like that? Well, you just hope that people in the business in the know realize that it's not because the movie was utter trash. They they realize that there is a switch at the top, which is what happened back then. More often than not, maybe these these you know, studio heads had a lot of power and were able to just kind of move the pieces around the chessboard where they saw fit. And what happened here was the, uh, I don't have names uh, top of my head, but the studio head uh, at the time of production of The Beast was there and then they got displaced. By the time the movie was ready for release, we had a new king in charge, right? There was a new chief in town and they said, yeah, we don't really care for this beast. We're not going to put any kind of money behind it. So you're, 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 you would blame the, the, the people in charge rather than the actual moviegoers. Because yeah. You can't blame the moviegoers because the, the marketing doesn't hit them. Let's say producers in, in town or, or even the other studios, uh, they see this happen. Hopefully they're in the know enough to realize that Kevin Reynolds didn't slip up and make a total clunker. Like it's It was a power move. It was a power struggle. Because anyone who sees the beast, that's, that's, that's a tour de force. It's yeah. a fantastic movie. One last thing about the beast, though. This is one of the, we live in alternate worlds. There is an alternate world, Anderson. We talked about this on Patreon, where George Zunda, Zunza, who you think is some kind of schleppy dude, character actor, would be an action hero by now. Yeah, right? That one, yeah, right. It would have changed so, the entire course of of, of his I don't want to get. He was so good. No, is it a, is it is it going overboard to say that it might have changed the course of? I think we would have seen more tank movies if that oh, movie. Yeah, good point. Because this would have found an audience. This would have been a hit. Yeah. Had it given it been given a chance, I think. But then there is the you know you got to think of the '80s movie going audience. Would they have been able to accept a Stephen Baldwin as a Russian or a Jason Patrick as a Russian? Baldwin's so good in this movie, so good, but so I mean, subtle. People have problems where it's not America. Well, who's winning? Who's who's his versus? <laughs> right. And who's who am I rooting for? Because there is a lot of that. But I think that today's audience would appreciate it even more than maybe the. Uh, I could see it was a challenge to market it, probably, you know, especially we're, we're talking about Iron Eagle and Red Dawn. I mean, war movies of the 80s, uh, Rambo. Yeah. It's not any of those. 
But it's and it's not platoon and it's not a Full Metal Jacket. It's its own thing. It's something that I'd never seen before. Did any did any of your uh, co-hosts and fellow friends uh, from the After Disaster, Brian, Tyler, no, or Mike, did they, no. get, they haven't gotten nah, to it? Well, no, but a lot of a lot of listeners have uh, let what? me know how much they love it. And yes. yeah, the people who uh, it, it's universal. I, every every listener who has emailed me has been completely blown away by this movie. Okay. And I've gotten a lot of other tank movies that aren't called Fury uh, recommended to me. I, I guess there's a few other tank movies, but wow, is this movie. And it's fun, too. Like, it's funny at times. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the Beast is funny. Like, yeah, I laughed out loud funny. a number of times when I wasn't cringing and con- concerned. Like, literally concerned for who? I'm not sure, because <laughs> there's good guys on both sides. One, one last thing. Bad guys on both How sides. How many movies do you watch where you go, I'm rooting for this person? No, 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 wait. I'm rooting for them. No, no, wait. It's rare. It's very rare. I can't name these movies. Um, very, very few. Very few movies. I, I can't write a... See, Giant. I always go okay. back to George Stevens' Giant with oh, great, uh, Rock great Hudson choice. and uh, yeah, James because Dean. Because and you think James Dean's... Masterful. The, you think James Dean's... Careful, because a lot of people haven't seen it. Oh, sorry. First half of the movie, though. And then they, they do the... Uh, it's it's masterful. Yeah. And, uh, and then, of course, Breaking Bad, which was probably the greatest example of that. But they had five seasons to turn, sure. turn you against Heisenberg. Right. You know what? You and I, Anderson, should just forego our, our future career and money's, money's earned, mm. and we should go on this real quest to find <laughs> Kevin Reynolds, bring him on the podcast, and just spend two hours railing about why the beast isn't Honey, successful. I'm sorry I can't pay rent again this month. Uh, it's, I'm still trying to track down Kevin Reynolds. I thought you were going to just say, like, make every single... Uh, outlet we we do uh, based all around the beast and getting people like that, that's our mission. Like there's there's people who try to get you to follow Jesus's word, right? <laughs> right. Evangelicals, oh, yeah. we're we're beast evangelicals. And then and then the next podcast we'll we'll talk about Rapa Nui, his next film, and then Waterworld. I've been meaning to see Rapa Nui long before the beast too, because I became obsessed with Easter Island there Are you for a couple me, really? weeks. Yeah. Okay. And I've heard that, good things about Rapa Nui. Why haven't I seen Rapa Nui yet? It'd be so funny if it almost comes as close to the beast. But what is our, what year are we covering Here's for our the year. Patreon? You ready for it, everybody? Yes, I'm, I do. I do. This is the most exciting thing I do on air every single uh, month. And here it comes. That, you know, wow. 1961. 1961. And we okay. have not done it yet. Oh, it okay. has not been covered yet. So Folks. 1961 is... The year that we will be celebrating, taking a deeper look into, and each picking a movie from that year that we have not seen yet. 1961 will be our Patreon. It's a catch-all of $5. We do a lot of... And then I also do a weekly exclusive movie review on our Patreon feed, and I also upload a bunch of my interviews on the Patreon thing. We have the bonus episode as as per mentioned. But speaking of movie reviews, Anderson Cowan, you didn't mention this last month. No, if, well, I wasn't doing it last month. I just do, started doing this. Can you, can you tell our listeners what's going on? I took a step back and I looked at my life and all my different projects that I'm juggling. And I said, you know what I'm missing? One more. I need to do one more thing, <laughs> so which is absurd. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I've let my foot off the pedal with Addie and Andy a little bit because he's in, in school. That's coming back uh, for sure. But what I've been doing instead uh, over the last three weeks now, uh, I started with Old, the movie Old. M. Night Shyamalan's uh, masterpiece is old. Uh, and then last <laughs> week I did The Green Knight. And uh, just before Greg came over here, I wrapped up my video um, review of The Suicide Squad, where I just talk into a camera about The Suicide Squad. Uh, I'm going to be picking a big, the biggest, sexiest Hollywood pay, uh, movie each week uh, and just getting the word out uh, right after 
I see it essentially the morning okay. after I see it because I'm, I'm tired of sitting around you know thinking about a movie for too long and then it's like you know by the time I'm talking about it on the film vault the next week it's been like three four days so, well it might give me more time to think about it right. I want to get the word out because movies come out here on Thursday nights um, because of the worldwide release schedule now so I can see like these big movies on Thursdays next week will be free uh, free guy. And uh, I'll get my initial thoughts. And also, I'm only picking the big ones on purpose so that if I... Because those are the only movies you like, Anderson? Is this a deal with the devil? Is this like Robert Johnson by the Crossroads or something? Hey, I'm hoping that that it'll get uh, a few more eyes than talking about the Beast. Sorry, Kevin. (laughs) Uh, But also... uh, you know, because the whole point of this is I'm hoping not only is it fun to talk about movies, even to myself, yeah. but I'm hoping to get, you know, um, some some discovery on the old YouTube and people will be like, oh, I'd like to hear some more. You know, maybe uh, this guy talked to uh, somebody who's more reasonable about this movie on on the podcast. So I put links to the podcast and talk about the podcast in the feed as well. You know, this is a slippery slope, right? If you if you start getting all these big. Oh, yeah. Who these movies? Greg and Brian. Get out of here, guys. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, Streamlining. I'm, I'm talking about uh, uh, after what is that movie? St. Jack, King Jack that we did. Uh, five years ago was it Sandra King Jack one of those Jacks right King Jack King Jack yeah Charlie Plummer you're going to be invited to all these movie studio screenings like a week before your, Greg, your YouTube channel your YouTube channel is popping off very small and then guess what you won't very have small. you won't have, uh, we'll you won't have time you won't have time for those small indies I'm building those really, that's not going to happen those really you know, back to the reason why I'm picking <laughs> the big studio uh, 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 much of the time abominations is uh, because uh, A they're going to be available uh, to, to see on Thursday nights beforehand and uh and then also, sorry, the wife just came out and distracted me. Oh, okay. Hold on, real quick. You need yeah. some shooks? I guess not. All right. Uh, also, I can talk. I, I have no problem talking badly about like a one hundred and eighty million dollar movie. All right. Uh, right. Uh, whereas I, I have no problem talking badly about studio movies. I'm, I feel really bad talking about an, a small little independent movie that somebody tried really hard. Yeah. But they just didn't. They they weren't able to to hit the mark. And yeah. I don't like that kind of movie review. I don't. You don't like the way so IFC films and all these A twenty fours. If they're really horrible, you're not going to just go off. On I them. try not to talk about small movies um, badly. Uh, you know, if I if I don't like a small movie, I don't watch the rest of it, or I just don't talk about it. And it's akin, and I use this analogy to you know, like maybe uh, being so hungry and you're on your way home somewhere, and then you pull off uh, the freeway in a neighborhood you've never been in before, and you stop at a tiny little mom and pop mom pop place uh, for some like uh, tacos or something. And, Greg, the tacos are awful. They're no good. But this is a neighborhood that you never go to. You would have never been in there had you not sought it out because you were starving. And then tacos are bad. And then you can't wait to tell everyone about this hor- these horrible tacos and how you should never go to this restaurant. And your friends are like, yeah, I wasn't going to go to that restaurant anyways. You know, and I had no plans on going to that restaurant. Good like, point. Why, why draw attention to something only to be negative if people would otherwise not have heard of it? And that's the case with movies like King Jack where, like, they should have heard of it. So, but I'm not going to... If we hated King Jack, what purpose is that serving? Hey, this movie that you've never heard of, you never would have heard of it unless you heard us talking about it right now, and now we're going we're gonna to trash it. It's like, why? That's very kind of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's very kind of you. Yeah. I'd still trash it, though. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd yelp it. I'd say, don't ever go to this neighborhood. You Forget the tacos. And yeah, I'd, I'd, <laughs> that's true. I'm a three-and-a-half-star guy. You're right. You're right. All right, I'm so let's, let's talk about those three movies that I just brought up real quick from last uh, month. They're, they're big, sexy movies. Uh, old, uh, terrible. I, I, like, I oh, say like, that. oh, okay. Like you waste of time. A lot of people love it because it was so bad. They think it's hilarious. And you know what? I said this. M Night. If he, if I found him, like in retrospect, like like twenty years ago, and I, like he, if he had stopped making movies twenty years ago, and there's this collection of of very odd Twilight Zone like movies from this director right, and M Night. Yeah. 
who gets very odd performances out of his actors and the writing is very stilted, I might find myself kind of enjoying he's like the modern day Ed Wood. But oh, he that's that's not nice. No. But his uh his twists proceed. I ever everyone thinks of him as the twist guy, but it's really to me it's it's about the lack of acting he gets out of his actors, the lack of performance, and the insane dialogue with the insane So the old old is not a good Twilight Zone episode. If you're a Twilight Zone it fan. It might have been an okay twenty two minute, you know, T V episode with the twist. But the the exposition, Greg, is just it's it's like student film, first year student film wow. level bad. Are it's you saying really maybe bad? He lost his compass with this movie. I don't know if he, he ever had a compass. Uh, geez, Unbreakable, classic. And it is. And that split movie with hmm. McAvoy, right? Very good. Some, and then some pretty good performances because I, I don't think McAvoy, I don't think you can get a bad performance out of that guy. Can you? No, no, you're right. He's so good in that movie. And he kind of just did his own thing. I, I don't think that old M. Night really works well with actors. Uh, the one with Mel Gibson was good. The one with the aliens, Siggins, science, yeah, yeah, science, yeah, yeah. See there, I, I threw another one at you. Maybe so. he was, maybe he was leaning on people a little bit more. And then, of course, the Sixth Sense, an all-time classic, and that's why we still have that yeah. today. Yes, uh, but he was working with a, a different. Okay. Something I, I don't know. Okay. Have you seen the happening? Have you seen that? Yeah, I actually enjoyed that movie. You know, the I'll, bees. Bees. There be it's it's a fine, interesting movie. The bees. Uh, so something about like pollen, right? I don't know. There's something the trees. Twist. It's something about th- something in the air, right? Something like it's absurd. Weird. Okay. <laughs> absurd. Great. Speaking I think, of, a, I think Mark Wahlberg didn't even like that movie. You know what I'm saying? I, mm. I, I probably. Not, uh, and then I, I also didn't hate Lady in the Water. That was fun character. They, some fun characters okay. with Lady in the Water. But so that's surprisingly good among his body of work. Yeah, I went back and saw Lady in the Water a few years after it came out. And I was actually kind of like, hey, this is kind of – it almost felt like a Richard E. Kelly movie. Oh, The Village. Classic film. No, that was um, that was one of the most angry times I've ever had in the theater. <laughs> really? Yeah. Great twist. Swindled. Great twist. Beautiful I always say swindled. By, I think it's James Newton Howard. The, the only movie that no, I've ever t- spoiled without any kind of uh, remorse about it. Like I felt like I was doing people a service by saying... You actually spoiled saying, it on TV. Yeah. You just said to people, hey, this is Don't what go I- waste your money. Because it was marketed as a creature film. You don't do that to me. You don't promise me a creature film, get my money, and then say, oh, no. Instead, it's idiots who forgot to bring penicillin. Can we say this? Humanity can be a monster sometimes. Is it good? <laughs> they actually remember remember the little okay. like uh, glove with a, the monster glove that he had on. I, I think it was Adrian Brody who was like mentally challenged. IBD, right. Yeah. And he had like a little monster glove. Like they actually showed that in the trailer to to insinuate that a, a creature was amongst these villagers from okay. yester from from days of yorn. Oh, F you, The Village. <laughs> okay, so listeners, tell us if you love The Village. So, Could someone of you tell you, we're going to be talking about a village actually in this in this episode as well. Okay, so then what, so old, that was it. What's the other one? Oh, uh, oh. The Green Knight. Oh, that looks uh, so boring. That looks like a boring <laughs> David Lawrence film, right? That looks like, I hear there's no sword fights. Bruce was just, uh, no, Bruce no, was just, no, no, wait, no why do you do that? Fights. Why do you, I mean, the uh, there's Knight. beheadings. Okay, but there's a sword. Beheading. Well, there's beheadings. Is there's, it does, uh, does someone... Excalibur, Greg, if you must know. The, the sword okay. that he's wielding, that he's not using. Who's the lead? Dev, uh, Dev Patel. But does he eat pasta on the floor for about 20 minutes? No, does that he would do be that? good. That, that would be... No, I, I, I'm, I didn't hate the Green Knight. I, was just, I, I foolishly allowed myself to get very excited about the Green Knight because it's yeah. David Lowry who yeah. made my favorite movie, The 21st Century, yeah, in sure. a ghost story. Uh, uh, he, he makes movies for himself, and every now and again, I like the movie that he made for himself. Uh, that's not the case with this one. You would love the Green Knight. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Oh, oh, I would love it. Yeah, you would love oh, okay, it. Okay, critic I'm, proof. Oh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's okay. filled with uh, um, lots of atmosphere. 
It's like Terrence Malick made a, a King Arthur movie. Okay, actually, that. that's interesting. That, that's like something that you that, that's like that's like your porn, right? It's like that and like Barry Lyndon. Beautiful, beautiful shots. Yeah. Um, however, it's just in it. Not enough meat on the bone. I didn't really oh, care. And by the end, by the end, the message was, uh, "Give me Antichrist again." Re- <laughs> really? Agreed. Night. Yeah. Okay. But I did like Groot, Groot's grandpa. No, but did, is this one of these Who movies the that Knight? that was pretentious? You felt it was smacked of self-importance. Yeah, I mean, if if I saw it in a vacuum, or if I never heard of this David Lowry guy, we're like, "F this David Lowry guy." But I I get it. I give him a pass because I know that I know. I, I appreciate a ghost story so much that I give him a pass for everything else. And he's like one of these artists who, and I, and I, I, I said this before, but Paul Thomas Anderson is another one of these guys. These guys are, are, are artists. They're, they're auteurs who are given a lot of rope, a lot of leash. They're allowed to make their own movies, a movie for themselves. They don't think about their audience. And for me, a lot of the time, it's not a movie that they were thinking about me at all. Like, and I, that's, it's okay because they got to make the movie but, that they, like, I'm sure that I would have, I would bet that David Lowry is very pleased with the movie he made. Sure. It's not like he missed the mark, right? But why do a movie with knights and not have a ton of action? You see what I'm saying? It's a quest. I mean, and he's, it's a quest. He's and like a lot of, like, it's self discovery. It's, oh. uh, it's, it's commentary on mankind, Greg. <laughs> okay. It's, okay. Okay. it's a movie you would love. Okay, well, I think you really would love it. Really, I, yeah. I should I should see this. Movie. I think you will like it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, speaking of our cinematics group, uh, there, our buddy Peter Beta, he has a, a podcast called Middle Class Film Class. He actually posted, "Hey, hey, by the way, Greg, just for you, I'm going to watch Barry Lyndon because I know everyone uh, dogs this movie, but I'm going to watch it." And there are a couple of people on the comment thread uh, saying that it's not really that great of a movie, mm. and. Uh, several hours later, no, no, no comment from Peter Beta <laughs> saying that. I love that right. Peter Beta. Yeah, but no comment, no comment. I, I, I was too scared. I'm, I'm sure he probably feels that way, the same way about mm. like the way you feel. I about feel like you do it just to be like uh, against the grain. Sometimes <laughs> no, I, really, I really love the movie. Mm. I would watch uh, Bear Linden and Phantom Thread on a loop for 24 hours. So okay, so that was. Uh, Is this because you have insomnia and you're trying <laughs> desperately to get to sleep? No, the are ambience, my, the fistful <laughs> of ambience aren't doing the trick. Yeah, those are my, my kind of movie. What was, so what was the third movie? Peter Beta. Uh, Actually, it was a uh, advertiser on the film vault to uh, get the word out about uh, get out middle, of school, middle school film school. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's very cool. Yeah. Now a little free, uh, a little free advertising here, huh? A little free advertising. Yeah, he's a good guy. But uh, let Greg know how you really feel about uh, Barry Lyndon, though. Okay. And yeah. uh, do what I do when I when I'm with people. Just lie. Lie about your th- whole and then, thing. And then finally, what were you saying? What was it? You said there's a third movie. There's, oh, Suicide Squad. I'm the excited. Suicide. After this recording and after I do stuff tonight, I'm going to watch it on HBO Max on my on my trusted iPad. That's not a way to watch that movie. Uh, That's uh, not the way to watch that movie at all, Greg. Okay, okay. It's playing down the street in both IMAX and uh, the Dolby Cinema. Is that what you did? You did that. I saw it in Dolby Cinema, which uh, can has I, that you, incredible sound. Can I, can I, can I uh, devil's advocate here? Hmm. You save you save money by by, by uh, the iPad. You could, you know. For, okay, I'll, uh, okay. Uh, I'll, double, I'll double your devil. With <laughs> Satan himself, and say uh, I got the twenty three ninety five a month uh, deal over at AMC. So oh, very it's, cool! It's very very uh, cost effective. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I see a movie or two a week for twenty four bucks a month. Let's oh, do the math there. It's like maybe I mean that's better than streaming service, basically. Oh, that's way better. Yeah. Oh, okay. See what I'm so you're glad you actually saw Suicide Squad? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. All these movies I'm going to be reviewing, I'm not going to be reviewing them saying, oh, I watched it on my phone last night or I you know, watched it on my computer or my laptop. Like, I will get the theater going experience because that's what like Free Guy and Old and uh, The Green Knight to an extent and, and The Suicide Squad are meant for 
That's what people forget. It gets lost because so many people have home theaters and they watch the movie on their TV at home or, their, God forbid, their watch or their laptop or their phone. Uh, these movies are made, even the smallest movies, even movies that are straight to... Uh, I, I don't have absolute proof on this, but I would bet you that movies that are made for Netflix are still mixed, sound mixed on okay, the big fair. screen, okay. color corrected on the big screen. Okay. And like they make it for a theater going experience. Like that's how the movie is originally made, and then we all watch it in different forms. Fair. You know, listeners, if you want to actually check out these really pure cinematic movie reviews, go to Anderson Cowan's CCP YouTube channel. If you want to see my Chromebook laptop reviews, go to Deepest Dream YouTube channel. <laughs> I wasn't trying Chromebook. to say that. Right? <laughs> no, I'm, not kidding. I'm just I'm talking because I'm talking about like the big Hollywood movies, right? You're like, right. Even yeah. like the fall and winter movies, like they're like if if they're gonna ask for like a, a emotion from us I, I think that we should give them it's hard hard enough to pull that out of somebody on you know with a it's just picture and sound but to do it on a smaller reflective uh, uh, screen at your home with all of the uh, uh, accoutrements yeah accoutrements and, and distractions was the word that I was looking for there Greg it's not really fair I don't think unless you got a good system and you trust yourself I don't really trust myself to watch a movie at home and get the full effect because there's nothing worse than a movie that's asking me for a lot of emotion and it's just not getting it and I feel much more comfortable saying F you uh, filmmaker and people who made this movie for asking me for that emotion because I went to the theater I gave you everything I was open to having that emotion pulled out of me and uh, the fact that you're asking for it without earning it F you and I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that if I watched it at home with Atticus running around it's like maybe maybe they deserved it, maybe they earned it, but I didn't get it because I. It's like you know, you're giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, so you can actually so go I can be full more honest. Yeah. Oh, oh I See get what I'm it. I, I totally get it. That said, with the Suicide Squad, mm. I'm really ex- I'm excited for this. Absolute movie. trash. Avoid it all. What, what, no, I'm no, no. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. It's weird how. Just, well, wait a second. Just I've a never, word. Five just, six years. I've never heard you say something about that this little the. Before that title, it makes yeah. all the difference in the world. Because I absolutely despised uh, the su- uh, uh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad that yeah. came, That's the Dave, one that came out. Uh, it's David Ayer, I mean, one of the not best voices fault, in cinema think. right now. With, with uh, I don't think it's his fault. I feel like uh, his hands were a bit tied there by the uh, the Bean Canters. Okay, the Bean Canters counters. Uh, yeah, this one is. You can tell that they gave James Gunn, which is they do it with Nolan, right? They say, hey, "Here's a few hundred million dollars, make a." Make a comic book movie yeah. the way you want. Yeah. They did it with James Gunn, and it worked. Hey, hey, bean counters, how about you let the artists do their art? Even though it's a couple hundred million dollars, I know that's tough. I know it's a big ask. But pick the right people and allow, allow them to do it. So it's a movie that actually you felt had a vision from the director as opposed yes, to a com- it felt very James Gunn. It felt like, uh, oh, good. like- a cross between... Uh, I'm scooping myself here. Slither, Super, that kind of stuff. I haven't seen Slither. I'll be watching that really soon. Super's amazing. I love Super. It's a cross between Super and Guardians of the Galaxy. It's oh. like those two movies. It's a hybrid of those two movies in tone. Because Super's awesome. Super's great. Yeah. I, honestly, I like Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit more. Super was a little bit too dark and sardonic, I think. I, I appreciated Kick-Ass more. You know? Right. And I think that it was a, uh, yeah. a victim to Kick-Ass because Kick-Ass was the bigger, easier to consume movie. But Super's really dark. Where, where, go, where it goes. I mean, I always think of that wrench scene in the open. It was like jarring. <laughs> jarring. I, I, I don't want to talk about the ending, but the ending jarred me. I well, mean, it I, should have been cathartic. Uh, it was even too much for me, and that says a lot. <laughs> okay, so The Suicide Squad is a recommend. Great performances. A lot of fun. Stays in its lane. Knows exactly what it is. And just 
nails it. It's not change. It's not going to change my life. I wasn't giddy throughout the screening like I am with some movies. Uh, this is a solid four, four and a half star action whoa, movie. Whoa, whoa. It's four elevated B movie making. You know, this is Warner Brothers, so you're basically saying it's better than most of the Marvel movies you've seen, excluding Guardians of the Galaxy. Because, you know, we're, we're talking about Marvel and Disney being the, the powerhouse, but the one, the movie that you like, the comic book you it's, like, it's from Warner Brothers. That's kind of cool, I thought. It, it's so much more, because, like, speaking of emotion and serious tone, I... I think that they pulled. They did a very admirable job, and pulled for the most part pulled it off with Civil War and Infinity War yeah. and, and yeah. Endgame, right? Did a good job. Uh, but you know, they also had how many how many installments to get there? Kind of going back to uh, Breaking Bad, like to have us, you know, see that full one eighty character arc in, in in what's his name? Oh my God, Heisenberg, Tony Stark. Uh, oh, oh uh, um, White. yeah, 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 yeah. White. Um, What's it? Uh, what's Mr. His? White. Mr. White. Yeah, that's his name. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. But what's his name? Mr. White, right? Yeah, Mr. White. Yeah, Walter White. Walter, Walter, Walter White. Walter White. Yeah, Walter White. Yeah. Like they had the five seasons to do that. This with Suicide Squad. I mean, it's other than Harley Quinn and, and Viola Davis who reprises the role. Uh, in, in the Flag, the guy that plays Flag. Like there's there's not a whole lot of uh, correlation. Eh? There, so this movie is is doing that. Uh, it, it's not. It, it, it's not. It's not doing that. It's. It's not trying to get you to feel things that aren't there. Like, uh, I, I don't want to say it, Craig, but one of your favorite movies of the year, which was, which is what, which is what, what, which one uh, about Vegas and uh, zombies the, and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Army of the Dead. One of, the the, dead. one of my favorites remember, of the year. Remember when they were asking you to feel things for the characters? Yeah, I did. weren't you angry about that? I'm excited about the prequel. What were you angry about that? No, no. You, you weren't angry I'm, when they were I'm a, asking, I'm a asking you to care. Apologist. I love. Uh, yeah, you don't know. No. So they don't really go there with this movie at all. They know what it is. They know it's a fun movie, and they have a whole lot of fun. This is what you're but basically you're saying. This is a movie that what Army of the Dead should have been. They can't all be this good. I'm just saying that there's enough talented people out there that if you find the right ones and you let them do what they want to do, uh, and while thinking about the audience and not doing David Lowry, Paul Thomas Anderson, there, there are great action directors out there. And and storytellers. When you look at the look at the credits for uh, for the Suicide Squad, it says written by James Gunn, directed by James Gunn. Great. You don't have to like click the link and see like nine more names of uh, you know people who wanted to have their. You know, it'd be interesting if Warner Brothers takes James Gunn away from Disney and Marvel, and then they just put him as the guy. Is he the only guy that's directed for both sides? Yeah, I, I see what recall. tweeting uh, stupid, uh, insensitive jokes get you. <laughs> get you another like if, deal if, with the studio. <laughs> yeah, if he didn't yes. get like partially canceled, he would not have uh, been able to do both. That's so good, right? Huh? Yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, maybe Warner Brothers got to learn a lot from this, from hmm. this experience. Maybe they're going to actually get auteurs like they did with Chris Nolan, but maybe they'll have different guys, like really. Maybe there's not enough out guy. there. Maybe I'm giving too much credit to like uh, creative human beings. Like I, I, I would imagine that there's a ton of them. Were there some surprise kills in this movie? Like, do or are you saying, "Oh, this I like this that character just got, died." I mean, that's kind of oh, given. Yeah, I mean, it happens a lot. I don't want to talk too much about it. Okay, right. I'll talk about one more. It's brand brand new. Yeah, I try not to. But I guess is, they don't they don't go into like why uh, King Shark is, is half shark with legs. Good. I don't know. That's it doesn't doesn't that would waste of time, right? Too much exposition. Right? Yeah, yeah. maybe you know. I'm sure that the uh, people who are heavily invested in, in the Suicide Squad and the, the comic books and the graphic novels is it graphic novels? Do you graphic know? novels? I'm, yeah, graphic novels. Yeah, I'm sure that they know the full backstory. I didn't need to know it, and it still worked. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, okay, so a movie that I like, not just from not from last month, but I'm gonna I'm gonna actually put a little caveat here. It's from this month, but it, it came out August third, so it's a little bit past ah. past our deadline. But this is a movie called Monuments, and here's a plot line. It says, "When Laura is killed in an accident, her estranged husband Ted wants to honor their time together by scattering her ashes where they first fell in love." So the, the widow is played by David Sullivan and the late wife is played by Marguerite Moreau from Wet Hot American Summer and the Mighty Ducks. Very, very good movie. It's out on VOD and digital. It's an indie comedy drama. It's an indie dramedy directed by – who's the director? I, a writer-director Jack C. Newell. It's just one of these really cool fable tale coming-of-age kind of situations. And, and the thing about the widow is he – He's very he's very indecisive. He doesn't like to. He's not very uh, what is it? He's not very active. So when his wife passes away, he must take control of her ashes. At the and and her family's not, they're not really nice and they're they're kind of a little bit wicked and they're kind of annoying. And he has to go against the family and go and actually put take her ashes and and put it in a place where he believes she wants to finally rest. So that it sounds a little bit morbid, but it's not. It's a very so it's a very straight good up drama. Straight up drama, but with a comedic touches, and we're talking about indie films. This is one of these movies where I hope you listeners can actually just look up monuments on VOD and digital. It's it's a very it's a very cool cool movie. I really enjoyed it. Monuments. I saw a trailer Monument. for this. Oh, you looked, did. It looked interesting. Yes. Okay, yeah. So yeah, very cool. All right. Uh, so today is August 6th. August six. Yes. yes, August six. Uh, I. I effed up there and said the Suicide Squad but uh, that's but right. August yeah it's August yeah, yeah you're right uh, I, was, I, was, I thought I was still talking about last month but uh, wrong wrong uh, that, counts. that counts as August 6th another movie that comes out uh, today August 6th is John and the Hole have you heard about John and the Hole yeah it's uh, it got me with a log line which I absolutely love it's a coming of age psychological thriller that plays out the unsettling reality of a kid who holds his family captive in a hole in the ground the family, the parents are played by Michael, Michael C. C. Hall from Dexter. And what is, I keep forgetting. Jennifer L. Jennifer L. And she was from Pride and Prejudice, the BBC series, and she's very, very good. She was in Contagion as well. And the, the kid, I forgot, I think his name is something, Charlie Shotwell or something like that. He's, he's, uh, he looks like a little S. He looks like the kind of kid that you'd want to uh, put in the corner and tell him to be quiet for the rest of the day. And that's what his character is in the movie. Is, uh, it's a, it's a, it, they call it a psychological thriller, but here's the thing I've seen Jack in the Hole. Oh, you have? It's more of a family drama. So if you look at it like a, a psychological thriller with all this pacing and all this a, a really interesting aesthetic flourishes. It's you're really not saying a lot about the fam. Yeah, it, it's more family of a contemplative dynamic. drama. But then, Power struggles. Course, but yeah, it's interesting. The, the parents are they're, they're the parents and the kid. The kid's played by Thaisa Farmiga. They're, for most of the film, they're down in the bunker. Thaisa Farmiga. Oh, the kid that's yeah, in the hole. Yeah. Not, not yeah. the kid, not he, John. He, take, he, he puts the family in the hole, in the bunker, and they live in this somewhere upstate New York in this wooded house. And they, by the Did they deserve it? Did they? Well, that's the hot idea of the movie, Jack in the Hole. Why are why are, why is the family members why are in the are they in the hole? They're a rich family. Do, are they ignoring Jack, or is Jack just basically a sociopath? Mm. So if you if you go in, oh, that's interesting. I in, like that. If you like to explore the contemplative family dynamics, psychological yeah, thriller, but it does character have, study. Yeah, more of a character study than that. Not you know much mean? thrill, more study. Our buddies Bruce and Eric, they didn't like the movie that much. I ended up kind of liking the movie. So that is Jack in the Hole. It's out in select theaters. I don't know. It's getting a very mixed buzz, but I ended up... I, I was hating the movie most of the, mo- mm. most of the time, but the way it, it turned out was pretty good for me. That's interesting. Pretty good. It's an hour and 38 minutes, right? And you're going to give like 90 plus minutes to this movie. And you want to sit down, do you want to study something or do you want to be thrilled? It's like one of those things. Yeah, it's one of and those things. And it sounds like it's like you're going to be studying something rather than being thrilled. That's and right. I, honestly... It's like Ingmar Bergman, man. 
the, Remember? Yeah, Crazy see, and Whispers. We'll the go, Philistine right. in me wants to be thrilled for an hour and a half. That's I right. don't want to sit down and study. You're not going to be thrilled. John in the Hole is not going to thrill you if you want to study. If it's like if you want to read, I was saying, if you want to read Moby Dick or Nathaniel Hawthorne or something like Herman Melville, go go watch John in the Hole. I spent over 20 years of my life in school. I, I don't want to study. It's one of those kind of movies. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, if you yeah. like movies and if you want to make them and you want to watch them and talk about them, I get, you got to just continue studying every single day. I mean, that's just the, the long and the short of it, Craig. That is definitely the long and the short of it. I am just interested. Are you... Regarding August 6th, are you a fan of Holy Motors and The Lovers yes, on the I'm Bridge? I'm excited about seeing Annette just because of the buzz that I've heard about it, uh, the satirical elements. And uh, Holy Motors, while I have no idea what in the hell I had watched, I did enjoy uh, uh, portions of that movie. Then you're going to love Annette. I saw Annette. It was, it's a musical about a stand-up comic played by Adam Driver. He has a, In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. He has a toured relationship with an opera singer played by Marion Cotillard. And remember, Marion Cotillard, she plays really good opera singer. She won an Oscar for La Vie en Rose, right? Mm-hmm. So it, that was a difficult movie to get through. Very, very difficult. Almost movie. as difficult as Rust and Bone, oh, where no, she no. played a double amputee. That, those were both diff- but those were both very good movies, don't Is you that think? frowned upon these days, Rust and Bone, because she's yeah. wandering around the, on set, on, on the screen without uh, the, the bottom halves of her legs? That's frowned upon, right? You think so, Maybe. Yeah, you can't have Marion do that because she's got actual feet like calves. Like, you got to find somebody who doesn't. <laughs> she was very good in both movies. She's good in this movie as well. But it's about their relationship and their union leads them to have a baby called Annette. It's about their... We're talking about Annette. Annette. Right. So that is Annette. That is them. It's an L.A. set story and it's two hours and 20 minutes. Mm. The thing about this movie is it's not a musical like you think it is. All of the dialogue is sung. It's a sing-through movie. Oh, so it's like an opera. It's not even opera. It's just like they're singing. And Adam Driver's the main character. It's he's, not like they bust out in the song. If they're already in it. Yeah, they're all. he's singing his dialogue. That's going to be difficult he's, for it, me. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't like that kind of thing, mm. it's going to be a, a big barrier of entry. The actual music is – the actual story is not from Leo Carax. It's from the, um, the the music group The Sparks. Mm-hmm. I guess they're a brother duo or, so, or something like that. So. Yeah, there was a documentary about them last month that I've been told that I should see. Oh, yeah, from Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, so if you, on the music level it works – on the writing level, the story itself was ugh, not so good for me because where the story went, I thought the story could have been a little bit more original. Out of touch? Tropey? No, 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 not tropey. I, I just didn't like where the story went. Mm. But it's like you said, it's directed by Leo Carax. So mm-hmm. when you watch Holy Motors, you're probably not thinking about the plot that much. You're just probably thinking about the visuals, the composition, yeah. everything that you see on the screen. He kind of came out of retirement, right? Like he was kind of done there I mean, for a does, while. He does a movie once every five or six years. Seven Is he years. independently wealthy? What's he doing over I, I don't there? Know, Making commercials? I guess he's just, How do you live? I guess he's thinking about movies like Annette because this movie is just very filled to the brim with a lot of visual dense. It's dense. Mm. So it's very, if you go into this movie, make sure your mind is empty and you're ready for an experience. If you have other things on your mind or you, you need places to go to, get out because it, it, you need a lot of patience to actually enjoy Annette. It's one of my favorites this year. Top, you got a couple top, weeks to figure out if you're uh, you're up for it because it comes out August 20th on Amazon Prime Video. Yes, it's in select theaters right now on Friday, August 6th, but again, you do have that couple weeks. We're giving you a little bit of a mini scoop regarding Annette. Good so, on you, Greg. Well done. So that uh, is August 6th. Anything else from this week? Back to John in the hole. Uh, just a, Here's a, a quick little mini review or mini suggestion. There was a movie that came out with Rain Wilson I think last month or earlier this year mm-hmm. it came out. Uh, have you heard about Don't Tell a Soul? 
No. It's a fun, fun little movie that my buddy Mitch Burns uh, turned me on to and kind of force-fed me. Like he, he sent me a link so that I had to watch it or else I would have felt like an a-hole. But <laughs> he's, uh, he, he's one of our co-producers over there on, on the Film Vault these days. He lives up in Canada. And uh, love that Mitch. Mitch does a lot of good work for us, and uh, he loves movies. And he really was going on and on about this movie called Don't Tell a Soul. Uh, starring Rain Wilson, and it's about these two young kids who uh, hear that this old lady has a tin full of money, full of cash, Greg, upwards of like ten grand, right? And it's uh, she hides it away, as old people do, in her house. And uh, the older brother, who's a dick, uh, says, hey, look, the house is being tented. We should go uh, steal the money. And uh, they do. They go into the tent, and they, they come out with the uh, the tin. It's being tented for, like, you know, vermin or whatnot. And... Um, and uh, as they're like making their way back to the house through the woods, uh, oh no, Rain Wilson, uh, he's a security guard. He sees them. He sees what they're up to. That's and he chases them cool. down. And uh, he's, he's running through the woods to chase them. And then what happens? They look back. Rain Wilson, gone. What happened? He fell in a hole. I, inexplicably, there's a giant well, a hole in the middle of the woods. And it was covered, obscured, I guess, uh, visually obscured. You couldn't see it. So he, uh, he fell into the hole. And the big brother's like, good, serves him right. He can die down there. And the little brother is like, uh, well, shouldn't we maybe go check on him? And then that's the rest of the movie. And we're at, like, the first act, first act and a half, uh, a little difficult to get through because of some of the some of the choices that were made with edits and whatnot. It's just it's a it's a raw independent movie which feels a little bit rough around the edges. Uh, but the acting was good, and uh, Jack Dylan Grazer. Is uh, plays the, uh, the the uh, the the little kid. He's from It, of course. You, you know him. He's the younger yeah. brother. And then Rain Wilson, I already said, plays the security guard. And uh, Mina Savari is their oh. mom. Uh, she plays the mom who just sits on the couch asking them to get her diet diet cokes throughout the entire movie. Uh, this she, sounds like a movie I missed. Yeah, you did, and uh, it's fun. Uh, yeah. I, I, I it's it it's kind of getting hammered on uh, IMDb. It's five point nine. I think part of that is because. IMDb is really bad when it comes yeah, to Yeah, I think the people just rate a movie. They're like, oh, it's not good. Like, the first 20 minutes, I might have given up because I'm like, what, what, what's going on? But the construct, the writing, where it ends up going was really interesting. It's a movie I will never forget. Don't tell a soul. I was laughing out loud at some of the horrible things. Not even grisly, gory things. Just like some of the, like the, the constructs that these characters were paced through was very, very original and funny. And fun for dark, dark reasons. Oh, don't, don't tell, tell us all. Okay, I can't find it on my email, so I'm not going to blame myself for not missing it. My goodness. Oh, that one came out January 15th of this year. So it was dumped, but there's enough there. There's enough meat on that bone for me to recommend that. Okay, don't tell us soul. All right. I think you can only rent it right now, but so, look for that one. When, when, if you come across it streaming somewhere like in like a month or two, go, hey, you know what? Maybe I will uh, choke down the first half so I can enjoy the second half. So... August 13th. We're now on August 13th. Yeah. Look, this is nice, nice memories. Years, several years ago when we were doing, uh, early, during the early years of cinematics, you and I went to a screening of Don't Breathe and I believe you and I both really enjoyed the yes, genre. Yes, we did. We, lo- we, we enjoyed it. I, I was excited for a sequel. Now, what, maybe four years later, five years later, mm-hmm. Don't Breathe 2 is coming out. Yeah. So that's it. And basically, it features the return of the main antagonist mm-hmm. of Don't Breathe, and that is Stephen Lang. Antagonist. 
antagonist. Are you excited, Anderson? About is this? Did you put this in your must-watch for August thirteenth? Well, I mean, it's it's recognizable, so we'd be foolish not to uh, to mention it. But if I told you I was excited, I'd be boldface lying to you. I'm not. I'm not excited because it's hard to top the original. Yeah, because of- it was so well executed the first one, and there was one specific reveal in the first one that I think really put it over the edge. It's one of those movies where yeah. Uh, there is one scene that gives it a whole extra star for me, and mm-hmm. it's a bit of a twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not going to be in this one, obviously. Uh, we already know the rules. If you've seen the trailer, you've probably seen many of the uh, clever things that uh, the the antagonist, who is now the protagonist, pro- protagonist in this one, uh, comes up with employees to uh, overcome his uh, lack of sight. Uh, so I think that a lot of that has been revealed in the trailer. That's not the filmmaker's fault, but... Uh, they didn't get the original director. They're using the producer of the first one, and this is his directorial debut. So I'm not rushing out to see this one. Right. But you'd rush out to see if they had the original director. There's more of a degree of difficulty when you don't have the original director or the original vision behind it. And so It feels like a money grab because I don't think that they realized that they were onto a hit when they made the first one. As good as the first one was, I bet that they were a bit surprised at how well it did. Yeah. And I think that they're just like, well... There's some more money in that stone. That's kind of what it feels like to me. Looks like. I hope I'm wrong. But it seems to me that they're just uh, going back to that well. There's a documentary called Not Going Quietly. And Mm -hmm. it centers on 32-year-old Addy. I beat Addy. I'm going to just call him Addy. A-D-Y Barkan. I'm not a politics guy. I don't watch a lot of political news. but So uninformed, I'm very, very uninformed. But he is diagnosed with ALS. So... After his diagnosis, he goes on a campaign to spotlight his disease, and his campaign at in politics is spotlighted in not going quietly. And I checked out the trailer for this, and it reminded me a little bit of four or five years ago when we did that movie Gleason, and you know, where both of us were pretty much tear-eyed throughout most, most of the documentary. Yes. This feels like a very inspiring it, documentary. It looks like Gleason the second, and I don't know if I have it in me. I no. bet it's great. I bet it'll move you. But I don't know if I have. I don't have. I don't know. You if want I me to get you it in me. I have a link. You want it? I don't know. Have it. I, you don't I have yeah. it in me. Yeah. Not in my inbox, Greg. I don't know if I have it emotionally in me to go <laughs> take that to be put through the ringer like that. Well, here's the thing. There's going to be interviews here on this documentary with Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. How do you pronounce your name? Uh, it's Kamala. It's Kamala. like comma. It's like a comma. Kamala. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Who is she? Is she someone on the? This is a bunch of uh, <laughs> uh, uh, liberal snowflake garbage. <laughs> okay, is what I'm, I'm hearing. Kidding. I'm kidding. Wait, let, me, let me guess. They care about people. Yeah. Uh, get out of here. I was, I was about to, my liberties. I was trying to appeal to a demographic. I was just uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Jesus Christ! Do they have anyone <laughs> from the other side? Can we get Rush from his grave speaking right, out against these right. people? No Hannity. No. Can we get uh, Doctor Drew to say a few words? <laughs> I joke, Drew. I joke. I joke. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. And I'm going to talk to Drew's agent uh, or management uh, right after we're done with this. In fact, I'm probably going to be late in calling them. Thanks to oh, you, Greg. Thanks oh, my fault. My fault. My fault. Elizabeth Warren's also in this. She's not a huge fan of Bitcoin, so I don't know what I'm going yeah, to say. Yeah, Elizabeth. I like you. I like you, Elizabeth Warren. I, I, I like you for the most part. And my wife is in love with you. She thinks you're the second coming. But uh, get off the Bitcoin. Get off the Bitcoin. Leave us with the Bitcoin. I'm, I'm, hey, trying to get, I'm trying to make my gains on it. She's well, showing please. her hand because the more that your local government, the more that your government, period, uh, cracks down on the old crypto currency uh the, the the less free they want you to be and that's truth that's true that's true unless they just don't understand it and it's i think that maybe uh, warren uh, elizabeth warren just doesn't quite understand it they're trying maybe? to safeguard the, the, the interest like, oh, of too the many people, people have lost money it's like well go to vegas if you yeah. want to if that's your or, stump you yeah. know what i mean invest in a mutual fund that tanks 
You know, and what what happens when your company's four hundred one k plan goes on un- goes under? Yeah, where were you when AIG was just taking all everyone's money during the housing crisis? Uh, Elizabeth Warren, where were you teaching still back then? Get off so, cryptos back, huh? So that is not going quietly. It's it comes out on uh, it comes out on I think VOD limited release. I be I believe limited release on August thirteenth. I'll, I'll tell you guys what I think of it when I check it out. I don't uh, know. I might just sneak Anderson Cowan a uh, a screening link see if it can do that. Uh, we got to get Free Guy. We got to talk Free Guy real quick just because it's a it's gonna be the biggest movie. Release yeah. of uh, that uh, next week, and you're gonna be you're gonna be uh, reviewing it. I'll be reviewing it, and as far as I can tell, that's just a live action. I don't know why they called it Free Guy and didn't stick with the original title, Wreck It Ralph. It's just a uh, a live action version of Wreck Ralph. <laughs> Is that what with a little bit of Tron mixed that's, in? That's true. Free that's Guy. True. It could it could go either way. Hopefully, it's a whole lot of fun. I don't I don't know. Okay, someone in our cinematic group he said that he saw it. Mm. Buddy of ours, uh, buddy of mine, uh, Alcee, and he said that yeah, first act's okay. Third act is sort of a riff on gaming culture, which might be cool. I might not get it. No, no, but what I'm saying, it might be a parody of – you might not get it, but it might be a pointed attack or criticism on, mm. on gaming culture. I like attacks. That would be cool. That'd be, I like I, pointed attacks. I'm thinking that might be – that might be interesting. I love that murder party because they attack the uh, elitist uh, uh, art uh, kid snobs so effectively in uh, Jeremy Sunye. Sunye's uh, murder party. God, I love that movie. Making Blair. So good. Blair. So much fun. Murder party. Oh no! You know uh, we need more Jeremy Sunye, and apparently there's all, everywhere he goes there's controversy now. I don't know if he's oh, difficult why, why? or what. I don't know. He just he doesn't, no, he doesn't stick movies. on projects. He gets moved around. I don't know. What his that. last movie is pretty good. I liked it. I, was, I guess I'm in which the one was that? The, the, the horrible wolf movie yeah, made for Netflix. Absolutely loved it. One of the worst things that you've ever get seen come out of, out of a, yeah, a good uh, interesting film. Think Tank. Great I can't world believe building. that. Uh, no, no. Great world building. It's a world I couldn't wait to get out of because I was bored and confused and sad. Yeah, bored, okay. confused, and sad. I think most people uh, didn't like it. I think they're, they're with you. And again, no, not going quietly, quietly. I said it was on VOD. VOD no, it's on in theaters next week. As is Free Guy on uh, every other theater, every other screen will have Free what Guy. Ha- what happens if it. you get to have movie screenings and uh, let's say Tuesday, Monday, or Tuesday or Wednesday, but they're they're playing in town? Let's say Century City. Can you do that or not? Because you have to. I don't know what you're talking about right now. I'm so lost in everything that was just said. No, I'm just saying that. Like, what if you get the, so the movie comes out on Friday? You you watch Free Guy on a Friday or Thursday night, right? And then you have Thursday night, yeah. I and then you have the watch them Thursday night, and then I review it Friday morning. Okay, you, and if you, I'm not doing a cinematics with you, it's up by this time. But uh, oh my bad, it's up um, by by noon or one. But what happens if you get a screening early in the week, Monday and Tuesday? Would you ever go into town to do it, or or what? Oh, like go go see the movie in town. If it's like, would you be, ever drive into town? I, I gotta get I gotta get Atticus by three right now, yeah. and, and starting next week, I gotta get him by two thirty. So. Okay, but then okay. if it's like a 10 a.m. screen, sure, I'll be there. But night nights you can't do. No, I can't. The uh, wife, the wife to, doesn't like it when I leave. Good to know. Good to she know. She loves me a lot. She always wants me around. <laughs> See, folks, that was like a little inside baseball. I was going to ask Anderson if I should get him screening screenings at night, but I guess not. Maybe, not. maybe. Well, hey, you know what? I'm going to yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's try and work that out. Okay, I would uh, love to do that with you okay. moving forward. So, okay, good. Uh, okay, so moving forward, August 13th, we are done with August. No, we are not because no, no, uh, last year's uh, um, Sundance winner, Coda. Uh, is finally going to be released. Coda. I don't like which any, we heard a lot about. Uh, you don't like any film. It's the movie that won Sundance. So it did it, win it, Sundance. Yeah, won Sundance. So it won the lottery ticket, which is uh, so many uh, filmmakers' um, dream is to win the uh, lottery ticket that is winning Sundance. It's the okay. ultimate in independent uh, film festival. Uh, uh, Lore uh, and uh, Coda won, and it's all about a, a, a girl mm-hmm. and her um, hard of hearing uh, family. They okay. don't they don't hear, and it's apparently it's good. And I I'm prepared to be let down. Uh, also, Swan Song, Gregory, you got to talk about Swan, Swan Song. Song. You haven't heard of this? Bit. What? This 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 escaped me. 
I was just thinking Udo uh, Kier. Okay, yes. Udo Kier plays a uh, flamboyant character, a formerly flamboyant hairdresser, that is, and he takes a long walk across a small town to style a dead woman's hair. Udo Kier playing a a wacky, zany, over-the-top, flamboyant character. I think I... I am optim... Cautiously optimistic with this one. You never saw the painted bird, did you? With Udo Kier, that was I, I was told by our buddy Bruce that I should not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge is also in this, uh, as well as Linda Evans, and uh, I, I'm, I'm curious about Swan Song. Just seeing Udo Kier doing uh, a, a very different character for what he usually plays uh, often oh, thank you Anderson I just opened up an email from July 13th saying that Udo Kier is available for interviews nice yeah, that would have been a good interview <laughs> that would have been very good my fault uh, sticking on August 13th for two more picks here Greg that I, I would like to uh, highlight uh, also have Emma Emma is a movie that you will probably love uh, starring Gail Garcia uh, Garcia Bernal, Bernal. Okay. Bernal. Uh, directed by Pablo Lorraine. Do you okay. like Pablo Lorraine? Yeah, he did, he did that, that movie Jackie, I think. Did he, he did Jackie. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, he did No. Uh, he also did The Club, which was a very interesting movie, to say the least, about the uh, priests. Oh. Uh, and so it's good. It worked. The Club worked. For you. This, is a, this is a powerful filmmaker who makes his own movies. And, uh, like, no. He, he used the digital. He used, he used the technology that was available to, like, 80s film crews. I mean, 80s news crews, and it's all like 4-3, and it's shot on video. Very, very interesting. Wait, Same- didn't he do Christine? No, he no, didn't he, do Christine. Oh, he didn't go. My fault. I thought he did that movie, Christine. My fault. That's my bad. With, uh, With Rachel, Rebecca, Hall. Rebecca Hall. No, that was someone else. We'll be talking about Rebecca Hall in a little in bit. In a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no, he didn't. He didn't. That's my bad. That's he my didn't bad. know, though. He did do no. He did uh, know. Which was the first one that I saw. I saw I've seen all of his movies... Not all of his movies, but I've seen most of them in the theater, and they are an immersive experience, and they take some patience, and they're not the most accessible, but he makes, he makes very uh, particular movies. For See, sure. five years ago, if you you know if you if you didn't have a kid and I wasn't t- taking care of Claire, we would have uh, first uh, first years of cinematics. We would have me and you would have been at a Tuesday night screening at uh, at uh, Emma uh-huh. at the Soho Emma One M. We could have seen it One A. E- Emma, I mean One M. Well, one E, one M, one A. You and yeah, I, we, Greg, we, you're talking down the show, but we've gotten so much better on air, and we have such better content these days, right, Greg? <laughs> yes, we do. We uh, do. One last movie, August thirteenth. Yes, I love that they're making this movie. What, what? It's so on the nose. Karen. Karen, what? Have you heard of this? Eh? No. You hear about this, Karen? No. Uh, here's what it's about. Karen is the title. <clears throat> it's about a racist woman who. Uh, Takes it as a personal mission to displace the new black family that just moved into the neighborhood. They won't back down without a fight. Who would have the ovaries to play Karen? Who would have the guts to play Karen, I ask you? That's so funny. Tanya Manning. Taryn Manning. Taryn. Ah, yes, oh, Taryn she's so Manning. She's so good. Uh, yeah, I loved her in Orange is the New Black. She's got, she's, br- she's brunette in this, and uh, look, she looks like a, a soccer mom, and she's just going to kill it in uh, uh, Karen, I would imagine. Uh, so look for it. Karen, uh, starring Taryn Manning, uh, directed by Coke Daniels. Okay. So that is August 13th. Karen. I, I'm actually interested in seeing that movie. Tanya. Why don't I call her Tanya? Taryn Manning. You know why? Because I got a text. And I, I don't have my laptop. Full disclosure. It's in the shop. And uh, I'm doing all of this uh, reading off my phone, which is not ideal. Okay. August 20th. Am I off the hook? 
You know, corner, you know, Tanya? Yeah, yeah. Also, I got yeah. the dyslex. All right. <laughs> okay. August 20th, we have Re- Reminiscence, which is a horrible, in my opinion, movie title because you can't, I can barely pronounce it. Reminiscence? Reminiscence. Mm. You're going to a theater, I just like, why don't you say reminisce or something like this? But Hugh Jackman, he's a, he's a PI, mm-hmm. private investigator. He's uh, helping his client access their lost memories. Mm-hmm. And uh, he lives in Miami. Yep. But there's a new client played by Rebecca Ferguson, who's very, very good. She's uh, she's from those Mission Impossible movies. Great actress. Mm. But uh, pretty loose with that. Great. This this interesting uh, this case of lost and found Mm. becomes uh, different. It goes south. He becomes obsessed with the case Mm. because his client played played by uh, Rebecca Rebecca Ferguson. She disappears. Mm -hmm. People don't just vanish. Yeah, people just. So what he yells. Reminiscence. I don't know. The trailer didn't grab me, but. I'm thinking Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson might be worth watching just to just to check it out. And I love these kind of you're talking about psychological thrillers. It seems like a Hitchcockian thriller. Well, it's a little noir right, too, right? Noir. That's right up my alley. So noir yeah. and westerns are. So I'm I'm really excited. It's Warner Brothers uh, putting it out. PG-13. I don't know about that, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for its August 20th release. I'm actually not going to theaters yet, but I, I think this month I'm going to start going to theaters. It looks pretty. It looks. Uh like as far as visuals, it looks good. Uh, it's the not too distant future where I believe the polar ice caps have melted, the glaciers <laughs> are, are melted, and all the water levels, the sea level waters have risen. So everything's uh, partially underwater, and that all looks very, very impressive. Uh, however, Hugh Jackman looking concerned for two hours is not something that I'm looking <laughs> looking forward to experiencing. You're not a big fan of Hugh Jackman, or you just know? Uh, I, I think Prisoners. he's probably a, a great guy. He's so talented, but which I haven't seen. But um, he's maybe. great in prison. He's fantastic and chappy when he's got like a sense of humor about himself. I just can't take him seriously. The pledge, pledge. Uh, no? I just don't like 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 uh, concerned, serious uh, Hugh Jackman. Okay, yeah, you Especially want, when he's uh, got, you want like, frivolous. Yeah, you want. I want that, like playing like goofy characters, like he does in Chappy. What's that feel good kids movie he was in several years back? Remember the, the Hugh Jackman thing that that you loved? Uh, I don't know. Did I love it? Uh, the one with the guy from uh, Is it the, called Chappie? No, not not Chappie. wasn't Wasn't he in another uh, feel good movie? I, I'm, I'm thinking about about Crocodile that. Dundee Four. No, I'll look it up in a sec. But um, what are we talking about here? Okay, I think on August 20th, the one movie that you really want to see is um, is by your by your. You were speaking about Chappie, and are you excited about that new film? Oh, you're talking about Les Mis, the, the kids' movie Les Mis. <laughs> no, no, I'll look it up right now. But are you excited for Demonic? Missing Link. You're talking about Missing Link? No, 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 no. The, the the one that was a feel good movie. It was a feel good movie. Eddie the Eagle. Yes, that one. Eddie the Eagle was tight. Yeah, he was great in Eddie the Eagle. I yes, loved him. that's it. That's yeah, it. I like I like my comedic uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, that's the one that you. Like. I have a hard time watching him be serious and concerned throughout. Okay, gotcha. It's I don't know if it's fair to him. Same with Harrison Ford. Like I don't really like it when Harrison Ford is like, like you know, in frantic or something like that. Roman yeah. Polanski film. He's like uh, tries to do the Cary Grant thing. Well, it was like all the ones with the black SUVs. He was in like four or five movies with black SUVs that were. Based on old white men's books, like novels, and I was just bored. Oh, the, the, the clear and present yeah, danger. Clear, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. All right I, I get it. You're concerned. You're you're fearful for your 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 own self and the, and the country, and you look concerned. But so yeah, Hugh Jackman and reminiscence. But then there's also demonic with demonic. Neil Blomkamp. Speak, Neil- yeah, speaking of Chappie, Neil Blomkamp's back with demonic. Cautiously optimistic. It was my number one most anticipated movie, which usually lets me down. Really. So, because um, we're assuming it's not a bigger budget now. This is more of a low, lower stake. Not a lower stake. I don't want to say that. It's, um, yeah, I, you know, I've not done enough research and reading about that to figure out exactly what happened. But Neil Blomkamp was on the the uh, precipice of becoming like the next big action director, like like massive. Like yeah, he'd be he'd be Dennis directing Villeneuve. 
He'd be, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like on, that mean, level. on that level. Yes, he was yes. supposed to, he was, he was. Halo. He, I'll, I'll, yeah. He was a laptop director who was showing studios like, amazing things he was doing with the short movies with special effects that he was mm-hmm. able to render and do himself uh, that were very, very realistic with robots and whatnot. And I saw some of his uh, early uh, shorts, and I think he did a short uh, that was, uh, yeah, something to do with District 9, right? And he was set up, like you said, Halo. Right, he was going to do a movie. Ver- did they ever do that? They never did it. They never, they never did, did it. it. They're still probably working on it. Yeah. So he was going to helm that, and then they said, "Hey, why don't?" I remember reading about it back then. They said, "Why don't we let him direct something a little smaller?" Which turned out to be District Nine. That's a great. That's a great comparison. He was Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve he was on he, that direct trajectory before right? Denis was actually on the scene. Yeah. He was that guy. He was. He, he, he should have been doing Dune by now. And I don't know what happened. I don't know, like, because District 9, people loved it. I had some problems with this tone management, but people loved that District 9, and I love parts of District 9 a lot. And then I liked Elysium quite a bit. And I everyone else did mixed, it. Mixed reviews. And then people hated Chappie. And I thought Chappie was effing. He, he found his tone, but people didn't like the tone that he found. I think they wanted it to be more serious, but I liked his, his. So you're saying he's being misused by the, by the uh, studio I don't system? Know. Sort of like that. Let's see. Maybe Demonic looks very serious. Demonic looks like it's taking itself very seriously. But it's weird. You it's know, it's a like, horror film. It's like uh, Sam Raimi deciding to go back and doing The Evil Dead or like. But he has he done like, everything he's done? That was my problem with District 9 was it was very serious and it was social commentary. And yeah. the creatures looked, uh, you know, the, the what were they called? Prawns looked fantastic. <laughs> but then he had Charlotte Char- Char- Copley like doing like slapstick. And it was like comedic. And it, it was weird. It was jarring to me. Uh, but this one looks like it, it's just straight up horror, all serious. I hope there's some comedy in there. Well, it sucks for you because he's a big studio director, and it seems like a very minority group of people, including yourself, really appreciate his work. See, like Chappie's absolutely underappreciated. Same with, like you said, Elysium. So. I think I think uh, D'Antwoord kind of killed Chappie. I think Ninja and Yolandi kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I guess, yeah. like, in uh, South Africa, like, they were all over the movie posters and stuff. And out here, like, you don't see anything about the Antwerp being in Chappie. It's just all about the robot. Wow. You know? Yeah. Because they're not actors. And apparently, they're a real pain in the ass on set. The <laughs> <laughs> Antwerp. Anyways, uh, this looks like it might be a, uh, a love letter to, like, 80s horror films. Um, it will work. Like, yeah. Uh, but I just hope that it's not him trying to prove that he can be a serious director or have a serious tone. Because I have not seen him make a movie. Elysium is probably the closest thing, but there's a lot of jokes in there, too. Yeah, I'm going to see... I, I think the movie I'm really excited Demonic. for is August 20th, 20th. It's Paw Patrol the movie. I am serious because I want to get some swag for my niece, Claire. You encourage that? You allow that? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get her to finally to, to make me uh, love her more than her parents. Mm. So I don't know. That's a very bad... Uh, that That's not good. I, I, I to... steered him away from Paw Patrol early. Oh, really? He's still... No, you know, no, Grandma no. got him some Paw Patrol swag and... Like if it comes on, he'll try and watch a little bit of it. Then I'll, but I, I'm not like a dick. I'm not like a jerk of a dad. Like I'll let him finish an episode before I can encourage him to watch something that has like uh, less it. empty calories because there's really nothing. They try and sell this Paw Patrol. Sorry for the sidebar, but they try and sell it as like uh, it'll teach children about uh, cooperation Cooper- and team shit, yeah. and team teamwork. No, it's just child. It's that sounded almost a child porn. It's like kid kid porn. That, that sounds wrong too. It's like. It, it's it's just hey, what do kids like? Oh, they like little cute puppies and 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 kittens and uh, and catchy music, catchy music for sure, and like uh, uh, like machinery and bulldozers. Why don't we take the little kittens and dogs, puppies, and put them inside of these vehicles? And it's like 
kids will love it. It's just not funny. It's not cute. I hate it. I hate Paw Patrol. Okay. I hate it a lot, Greg. (laughs) And I love going to the movies. You like Blippi more. I love going to the movies. Maybe. I love going to the movies, and I love trying to get Atticus to the movies, but he's still too much. He doesn't, he doesn't trust Does he know the, the Paw Patrol's coming out? Doesn't. And wow. I, I'm going are back you, and forth. Are you, are you keeping that secret I'm like, I now? could probably get this kid in there. We could you know, share a bucket of popcorn and watch a little Paw Patrol in a dark theater. That'd be great. But then it's Paw Patrol, and I don't want him coming home like, you know, being all back up, hopped up on Paw Patrol goofballs. So <laughs> I think I'm going to avoid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But also on August 20th is the aforementioned Rebecca Hall. She stars in a movie called The Night House, and she plays a woman named Beth. Husband has just died. She is at home at her lakeside home by herself, obviously. And then she's getting all these nightmarish visions. And maybe some of these nightmarish visions lead her to a little – maybe are real or maybe they lead her to the truth regarding the the conspiracy or maybe the facts behind her husband's passing or maybe her husband wasn't as picture perfect as maybe she thought mm. he was so that this is a movie called the night house it she is the lead she uh, we we mentioned how great she was in christine and having rebecca hall in a lead to me is she just is great she's fantastic awesome uh, you know how awesome it is i think there's a a screening next week i think on tuesday that i might i might go i, I might actually tra- traverse from the san fernando valley all the way listeners to, to la oh. just to actually go go in a screening room to a watch full, this movie a full like 16 miles <laughs> that's a that's a you know me getting to here is a, it's a sacrifice, Anderson. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm at the house the whole week. Something I'm actually doing it. Going. Are you excited about the night house at all? Um, not necessarily. It looks like a, another one of these psychological thrillers. It's got Unsane and the girl on the train. And uh, you don't like that type. And Gone Girl or the woman of, in the window. The, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, there's not a whole lot of fun in there. Is there? Looks such cocky, and I guess I don't. Yeah, no. Nah. It's not really my cup of tea. Maybe Paw Patrol is though. Yeah. You ever try Storybots with her or uh, Storybots? I gotta try Storybots. Story is great. Storybots, really? Yeah. Okay, I'll try Storybots. Storybots is good. It's on Netflix. Uh, Octonauts is great. Octonauts. You okay. learn all sorts of stuff. Okay. And then also Magic School Bus. You remember Magic School Bus? Yeah. yeah. They brought that back. They've updated it. Okay. Kate McKinnon is uh, the voice of uh, Storybots, and uh, and what is Octobots? Octonauts. Octonauts. Okay, I'll, tr- I'll try those out. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Magic School Bus updated, yeah. It's Magic School stuff. Bus. Yeah, All right. Stuff. I'll try that stuff. August 27th is our last, our, the last week. The only thing I'm, I'm looking forward to, to be honest, on that, on that week is the uh, release of Candyman. I remember watching Candyman years ago with Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd. And I'm thinking this could be good. Tony Todd is back, and it's great to see him in a lead role. And we'll see if it works. Yeah, I got to say, the trailer is really really well executed it it makes me want to th- it makes me think that i want to see Candyman. yeah it might be an uh, uh, upscale of the original so you got a hope of it i yeah the I'm, original I'm, wasn't a whole lot to write home about i didn't love you did. i liked it it was fun tony todd good good uh, tony todd is great yeah yeah but i think is there anything else from august 27th no that, that's uh, that's all we got that's that's it folks we're done. I had BIOS written down, and I can't find anything about BIOS, so uh, I don't know what BIOS is. Gregor, yeah. do you know what BIOS is? I, BIOS. I don't know what BIOS is. And BIOS. Watch BIOS, the, the runaway hit of the year, and we we, we missed it. Yeah, we, we definitely missed it. Yeah, And you know what, listeners, I, I, I do apologize. It's been about three or four months since I've been doing the Future Flick stuff. I, I came back with a, a, a in full kind of force. With me, when I mean full force, I mean like half- Half force. Uh, I, it, I do everything kind of half ass, but 
I, I've actually released the last couple of Flick City episodes within a week. So there's going to be job. more episodes to come. A lot of these are my reviews. One of the reviews, Anderson, that we're going to put on the Cinematics podcast feed is I had an interview with director Michael Hoffman. I Ooh. think you might know who Michael Hoffman is. He directed the Robert Downey Jr. film Restoration. He mm-hmm. did One Fine Day. He did Promised Land. He did Soap Dish. Soap did the Dish. Best I remember that one very well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I have some really cool exclusive stuff for, for our podcast. Yeah, I listened regarding. to one of your Flick Cities uh, a couple of days ago oh, and no, cool. uh, yeah. you are interviewing a, a French fella. Oh, it's Xavier, yeah. Xavier Jens. You were doing a little gangs. TV, a little TV a little Maddox, TV, which little, I uh, TV appreciate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good. Thank hey, you. if it's good and it's cinematic, like you said, why not? Why not? Yeah, it is a cinema. And it's Gareth Evans who, who, who uh, directed uh, The Raid Redemption 2. He created that show and then... He also directed the uh, highly underrated Apostle on, Net- on Netflix, which uh, nobody people loved seems- the Apostle, and you didn't like it. Oh, I really? Didn't. Oh, wait, wait. I, but oh. people loved it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot oh, of people good. were talking about the Apostle. Oh, I thought a lot. It's got of a lot of buzz at the time. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And so much so that I'm like, I don't think this is for me, but I'll give it a shot. And I sat down, and it was not for me. Okay. It was well executed. Well done. Very long. And lastly, if you want to find Anderson Cowan's movie reviews, go to. CCP, right? Is that how they find it? CCP. Uh, I, I, I go for the, 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 the. We'll put a link in the uh, show notes. Good, here. good. It's put a, a link in the show notes. And, uh, subscribe and like and do, do, do all that stuff. But yeah, it's fun to get the word out uh, early, and uh, hopefully, um, uh, I will get even more streamlined with these and not have many edits at all. Just kind of uh, talking for five to eight minutes about the movie, and uh, yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening, for supporting the program, and uh, allowing Greg and I to uh, to wax poetic and do this research uh, month in, month out, week in, week out. Actually, as it works, I'm always keeping track, and uh, we will talk at you. Uh, come to the uh, Patreon listeners with a little 1961 in a couple weeks. Talk to you soon. See you guys.